0: What up, world, back again. It is the tag team of two, Country Rap Report, yours truly if you tell.
1: What up, you do dudes, Frank?
0: And y'all know what you're watching, you know what we do, man, we give you our opinion, our views, our expertise on some of the hottest country rap and some of the worst country rap videos in the world. Some of the videos we review here or some of the artists we interview here and we talk about here, you might not consider country rap artists. We feel like there are people that will benefit from the genre, people that might not know how to target their music to the right people, or people that we feel like you, the genre, will appreciate or embrace. Um, and a lot of these artists that we have talked about here are actually country rap artists. And a lot of people say, I didn't even know about them. Matter of fact, today in the chat, um, someone said they didn't even know about Briannex.
1: I don't know how that's possible, but yeah, that, that is true. It,
0: it shocked me. It shocked me for want to say that. But hey, they're being honest about it. And we're turning people onto artists that need to be heard, and turning other artists onto other artists. Especially when you jump in the chat. A lot of collabs are coming. Yes. A lot of collabs are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Also, we decided in 2022 to expand our reach by giving you guys something different. We started something called AMA, Ask Me Anything. That's for anyone who has any questions pertaining to the music business. It don't even have to be country rap. You might be someone who watched the show, caught the show, and said, I got a question I want to ask. All you got to do is submit your question, and we will answer it. Period, yes. point blank. And we will let you remain anonymous because we know how artists are. You never want your fans, friends, or family to know that you don't know everything. Right. All right. Also, last year we gave you guys some interviews when we first started the journey. Then we slacked off the interviews. Well, 2022, we've been hitting y'all in the head with exclusive interviews with some of your favorite artists. And we're going to, to continue to do that. Okay? It, it, that? We, we didn't
1: slack off. I wouldn't say we slack off. We, yes, we did. <laughs> okay, maybe we just
0: I mean I ain't gonna say we slacked off, <laughs> well, you know what we we started with a bunch of interviews, then we went a long time without interviews, then we ended with some good interviews, like Gator, not saying the ones that we done at first weren't good interviews, right right, right. I want them to watch and be offended um, but it's let me say this, oh yeah I should I see I always stick my foot in my mouth. It's funny, some of the people we interview at the beginning of the journey, mhm-. Truly hadn't rocked with us. Really? Like, I'm, I'm just saying, we hadn't heard from them. They haven't jumped in the chat. Oh yeah, you're right. They haven't, they haven't put out any new music. Think about our first three interviews. Well, this this is the jumper's kind of weird
1: though. Like I don't they're Again, this is about about the learning curve and us trying to teach. They don't know how to release music. You know, they're just going to the studio and record 10 songs and now they're done. You know, album's out, album's ready. You know, and then that's it. And then they really don't know what's next or how to do all that. We we really need to put all of that in an AMA about how you need to construct an album and what you do to do this promotions and advertising after that.
0: yesterday, and this has been on my mind. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the, yesterday's interview. Before yesterday's interview, I was feeling, man, get that album, <laughs> right. Forget that album, push your singles. Well, over here, yes, over here, that's that's definitely relevant. I feel like they're everywhere now, but definitely over here, definitely. You, over
1: you here. can't you can't push that over there with the majors because there's more money that they can make off of you with singles that than they can with. Uh, I mean, the other way. There's more money than making albums. You got to recoup. Yeah, yeah. You'll be recouping forever if you're trying to do a single up, single up, single up, single.
0: But as an independent artist over here, if you can build a fan base, single, 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 a single a month.
1: This is true.
0: If you could do a single, or if you could do a single every 60 days, a single in video every 60 days, I think you can get a dub over here. I think you can get a win over here. A single in video, there's six singles. Six videos a year. Now I'm I'm definitely now feel like in the country rap genre, every song needs a video, and I hate to say unless you're riding up Church of Adam Calhoun or Jelly Roll. Uh,
1: that's that's a stretch, bro. I can't say every song. Whatever know, you, if if whatever it you six. are, whatever you are putting out does need visual representation. Yes. And if you're saying that all of them, they only need to be focusing on singles, then yes, I agree with you 1000%. But if you're putting out an album, you don't need to make a visual album yet. We're not, we're not, this genre is not ready for that.
0: Let me tell you, this is me. If I was a country rap artist, I would do, at the beginning of January, I'd say, I'm going to do five songs, I'm going to do six songs this year. Mm -hmm. Right? And if I'm lucky, I drop one in January and I promote, hopefully January video, January, song and video January.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm going to drop again in March. I'm going to drop again in May. So when I record my song, my vision is going to be coming right soon because I want to drop them simultaneously. I really want to drop them at the same time. As you okay? should. Yes, yes. Now, that last month, say I've dropped my six, my five. December. I might give you an album and the album will have my sixth single on it. Maybe. Or I might just give you my sixth single. I don't know. I would definitely that last month decide, do I want to do an album that has those five songs on it and the new song on my, I don't know. But I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do a whole project. The prof. Well, if you're going to do it that way, then
1: you can probably put more than one song on there. Uh, maybe two or three, like we talked about in the last interview, uh, and the other songs would be a bonus for the album. But I would be pissed off if I bought an album and all you got gave me was one new song. When I bought all the other singles, um, I did not pay nine ninety nine or eight ninety nine for, for one song.
0: It's not for you. Who it's is for it for? for the it's for the people who didn't get the others. I don't know, but you know, you you pose a very very good point there. You do pose a bit, very good point. I would be mad too if I just bought your album and I realize that it's the five songs I previously bought plus one. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: <laughs> unless those and this is a discussion I had with Zach Fay plenty of times. Unless those songs on the album are album versions and have they're not the same versions as the single versions. They could be extended versions. You could have a little remix or two in there. Like there's things you can do with to play with it. So. The people that are buying the album don't feel jaded because I would be pissed. That sound that you're hearing is hell.
0: Um I don't even hear anything.
1: So if it gets too loud, or if I go out, and I'll I'll explain that in a minute. But go ahead, go ahead, keep on.
0: I will look, you know what? Let's stop it right there. Let's stop the conversation right there. And let's <laughs> bring in our guest. All right. Because I'm having a little weather here too. Okay. So hopefully our guest is not having any weather issues. I hope not. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'll continue on with what I was saying. Um, We give y'all dope interviews with some of the hottest and dopest artists, and we ask them things that maybe you never thought about asking. We get in-depth. We go from the ruler to the tutor, from the beginning to the end of their career, or beginning to current, not end, all right? So ladies and gentlemen, boys girls, we got a special guest today. We have a special guest on this episode. As always, it's definitely, definitely, definitely our pleasure to have our guest on as we get him to get on. We're going to have to... um, Ladies and boys and girls, welcome to the country Rap report. AT, Mr. Austin Tolliver.
1: <laughs> what was that? <laughs> he catching up. He got that phone in there right there. Where am Oh, you? this is that.
2: This is that Metro PCS. Leave me alone, dog.
0: <laughs> Austin, can we get you to do us one favor? Can we get you Yes, one? sir. Turn it from vertical to horizontal. Oh. Yeah,
1: oh you go. There you go.
0: There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right, so Mr. I knew all
1: <laughs> we we oh, Lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta
1: jump on somebody <laughs> else's Wi-Fi. <laughs> <You got that. laughs> oh,
2: and this goodness. is the we we driving down the road, Wi-Fi. <laughs> How you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing great. How are y'all?
1: We're cool, um,
0: man. I feel like I'm in a Chinese movie already.
2: Is it really this bad?
1: Yeah, it's like audio, and then. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hold on, boys. Hold on,
1: boys. This is how. Is
0: this, to the hotspot. Is this how the, um, my audio was when I was on my phone downstairs? Oh no. When we first started, you were shooting in the van. Right. <laughs> Actually, that I mean, was dope though. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, he really ain't, ain't feeling he ain't that serious about this. That's what I used to think. We almost the there. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna wait for you, AZ. Where um, where are you? Where are you driving? Where are you dr- now?
2: We're headed to uh we're headed to South Columbia, Carolina. South Carolina for a show.
1: Okay, dope.
0: Y'all have a show tomorrow? Yes, sir, we do. You and Lenny Cooper.
2: Yeah, and uh, Philip Goat's going to be on uh, the card too. All right, all right. So we're
0: going to let you get situated. Well,
2: there we go. Found it. Now I don't feel dumb anymore. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, y'all, don't be, y'all don't be saying too many cuss words while I'm trying to connect to this thing back here. Okay. This is a family program. Okay. I'm talking about y'all.
1: No, oh, this isn't a family program. <laughs> 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 this is an adult-oriented.
2: Okay, hold on now. We may be on to something. Oh yeah, I think we're That's okay. a lot better. That's a lot better right there.
0: Are oh, you had- Jesus. <laughs> Do not have a wreck.
2: No, he ain't driving. Okay, good? we're back. We're back. We're driving? good. My, no, my wife's driving. I'm absolutely terrified. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. All right. Well, definitely, definitely be safe. Or we're gonna start by saying be safe.
1: Yes. And tell the wife, my wife said hi, because she's a fan of your wife. We lost him. We lost. He's stuck. Maybe he can still hear us. Are he catching up? I don't know. Shoot him a text. <laughs> Please. Please. we are staring at his, his face. Please.
0: Please. Please. This is going to go on the reel. You think so? Real. The year-end blooper reel. Maybe he need to drop
1: him. Can you drop him and then let him come back? Because then you can grab the, uh, the proper way to get in. This is funny already. Boy, it got dark as hell out there. He dropped himself. <laughs> uh, hey, man. Now they're going to have a field day with this one. <laughs>
0: no, man. We can't do that to her. We can't do that to her us, man. Shooter Man takes him. Let's let's shoot when he's stationary, bro. Oh. Uh, we're going to finish it. Let's see
1: if he can go and get it over with. Look, he, he get, there he is right there. He's finna park. He's in the park. Is Heather in the room? Heather is downstairs. I can get her though. <laughs> I'm here.
2: Hey, is this working? Is this working now?
1: Yes, it is working now. Hey, babe,
2: at the next, at the next exit, pull over. I'm we, we ain't doing this no more. No ma'am. Okay, what's up, fellas?
0: What up? What's up, man? I'm right,
2: man, oh, fin- man.
0: We finna go from the beginning of AT's career to the now. Of At's career. Let's do it. All right. So look, the first thing I always, I cannot, we cannot start these interviews off by allowing every artist who comes on this platform, first of all, welcome to the platform.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me, boys.
0: And also thank you for giving a excellent, excellent intro to the award show. I mean, that was so, I was so entertained by the intro like you really, your energy level on that made my energy level. Like, oh
2: shit, I was really brung it, man. Look, that, that award show's damn important. It's like the Grammys, you know. I gotta go in there and give it everything I got.
1: Right, right, right.
2: And
0: and that and you made me feel like it was important to you, and that made me like, damn, he put this energy into it. Hey, man, um, definitely we're gonna probably be hitting you next year. Can we get another intro?
2: <laughs> Anytime y'all need it, y'all know y'all gonna get it from me. Cause I don't
0: know if anybody else can bring the energy like that.
1: I don't man, know. It, yeah, he, was he's awesome. definitely a, a performer, for sure. All
0: right. So again, we're humbled to have you here. Welcome to the show. The first question is, and always, where is Austin Tolliver from?
1: Wait, wait, no, wait, wait. Let me get the first question. Okay. Is Austin Tolliver your real name, or is that your stage name?
2: No, that's my that's my birth name. Okay, that's my government name, man. Everybody knows me now. And the go- the government got me on that. <laughs> All right.
0: Alright,
2: where's Austin Taliban from? Man, I'm a I'm originally from Louisiana, I guess. If you wanna say where I spent the most time in I guess my growing up years or whatever, my uh my dad had us traveling a lot as a child when I was a child, and we kind of just found Louisiana to be home, lived there for a while, and uh then after college, you know, I was
1: I got after college. That was it.
0: We got after college. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, I, yeah. After
1: college, after college, after college,
2: after college, we made te- we made Tennessee home. After that, okay, okay, okay. Um, in in
0: in school, like, were you athletic? What was the household like for
2: you? Uh, yeah, that was probably the only thing that I ever did was athletics. Um, growing up, I grew up with uh, a lot of people saying I had some shoes to fill. And so uh, with my dad being a former quarterback, playing, uh, as long as he did in the NFL, it was athlete college scholarship, an NFL or pro footballer bus for me at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I was a two sport All-American in high school. I was a, a All-Pro in Arena League. And then my wife told me to get a real job. So I started singing songs.
0: Oh, pro winner. what the hell? Oh, see, Austin, I don't miss way too much. Hold <laughs> yeah, Austin. Did, did you say your dad played
2: in the NFL? Did you say that you were in the well, league? I I uh I no. played arena ball for a while. I played arena ball for the while for a while. And then uh yeah, my dad had 13 years in the NFL. Uh one of a lot of those years down there in Atlanta in y'all's neck of the woods.
1: Bruh. I did not know that.
2: I know you heard the name uh, Billy Joe Tolliver. used to play quarterback back in the day out there.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, that's my daddy.
0: Damn. Wow. <clears throat> Damn. So what was it like? What was sports like for you, and
2: when did you um, – when did you Wait, decide? hold on. Y'all ain't playing
1: with me? Y'all y'all ain't playing with me? Y'all really didn't know that? I'm dead-ass serious. I did not know that. No, I did not. Oh, damn!
2: No. they actually like me for me. Oh, <laughs> man, <I was> special. <laughs> we like oh, your music,
1: shit. bro. It ain't it has nothing oh, to do with shit. it. It's all about the music with us, for sure.
2: No, I'm kidding, man. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it was a... My, my pop's a cool dude, but now he's just a fat, red-headed dude that plays golf all the time.
0: <laughs> so what was it like wow. growing up with a... um? a former NFL player as a dad, like what was those expectations like for you as a child?
2: Uh, my expectations were extremely high on my side because a lot of people, a lot of people put it on me, actually go to the Verizon place. A lot of people put it on me that I had to, uh, I had to become the guy that they wanted me or expected me to be athletically because of what my dad had already accomplished athletically. And um yeah, as a child, it was a lot of pressure to be successful at a young age, even though I didn't play the same position that my dad played.
1: Right.
2: What position did you play? I was wide receiver. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, What high school did you excel in?
2: Uh, I went to Captain Shreve High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. It was a 5A school there, and we uh we took a team – me and my, you know, my graduating class, we took a uh, program that hadn't made the playoffs since I think 1993, and won back to back to back district championships. Went deep in the playoffs a couple years. It was a, uh, it was a good time.
0: Okay, all right, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, when did you? All right, so let let let's let me not skip arena football because arena football I really always enjoyed arena football, but it's kind of being talked about again ever since the Kurt Warner movie. It kind of led a lot of people who missed the whole arena football era. Um, what was playing arena football like for you? Because it was a different game, faster. It was y'all knocking the hell out of each other over the walls. What was it like for you?
2: Man, the game in my opinion wasn't any faster than what it is in college or anything like that. I mean, at the end of the day, the the guys that are playing in the league are the same guys you played against anyway. Speed's always gonna be there. The field, yes, is more condensed, so you have to learn how to adapt to your environment in the arena league. But I mean, it's a tough league for these guys to be in. Yeah, that's when I had a mullet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing for guys to adapt to sometimes because that league, there's there's not much loyalty among the team you play for and the individual player so you'll see a lot of guys that came down from training camp from the NFL that'll be running your training camp for arena league and then next thing you know they should be starting immediately right because they -hmm. NFL training camp you know they're going to get called back up you know they're a player and then five minutes later they're getting traded for ten thousand dollars in a box of footballs In my opinion, the arena league is a is a financial model that cannot succeed. You think so? I do because you're not playing you're not paying players a livable wage, right? Mm-hmm. But you're also as a player, what really is your worth at that point in time if you're basically a minor league player trying to get into the big leagues, right? So how can you just how can you justify your worth? Well the only way you can justify your worth is how many tickets are you selling? Well if you're a member of a team and you're not, you know, coming down with the name like Kurt Warner, right? How can you justify what tickets you're selling as a wide receiver out in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska? Cuz maybe maybe my quarterback is selling those tickets. I I don't know. So I'm saying like the financial model of those leagues it's so hard to be successful in
0: all right now with all that being said with you playing high school you playing collegiate you playing in the arena league are you still a sports fan
2: oh yeah i mean i watch every nfl sunday i'm glued to the tv who's your team Uh, i love the saints i absolutely love the saints um and i was a detroit lions fan for a long time
1: oh i apologize
2: yeah, I know it was, I mean, come on, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we ain't even gonna get into that, it, but uh, right now, I'm really loving what Dallas is doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cowboys got a good squad.
2: You will get coverage forever.
0: <laughs> we'll talk good about I you mean,
2: forever. At the, at the end of the day, though, the Cowboys are making a lot of moves that Will shock some, but are still staying within their cap to allow Dak to have players around him to to be successful. And it saves money for C.D. Lamb down the road, too. So I like what they're building. It didn't bother you, Dallas, getting rid of Amari? No, I think it's an absolute brilliant move. Even though he's a ball player, nowadays, if you have speed and you can get open, you're a commodity in the NFL. No matter if your name's Amari Cooper or if your name's Wes Welker, you know All right. All if right. you if you can run and get open and catch the football and move the sticks, you're worth money. And anybody now can do that. These kids, there, there's kids out there in high schools in middle of nowhere, Florida, running 4 one that can get open and catch a ball. But you're saying that because Amari Cooper pr- proved it in the league, what he only was healthy two of his whatever years he proves it for that long and then now he's worth a hundred million dollars hell no dog there's plenty of people that can do that but Amari Cooper helped drive the market to where players that are from those small towns are able to dream about making a hundred million dollars so I don't discredit Amari making that money I just discredit the Ability to sit back and think that he's one of a kind. He's not Jerry Rice, and he's not To. So I can't. He's not Randy Moss. I can't really put him in a category.
0: Right, right. Are you still? Did you have speed, or you more of a good route runner?
2: Uh, I could, I could get open. I was fast. I was like a four-four guy, but I, uh, my football IQ is what helped me be successful in football. I knew how to get open, find holes, gain separation, stuff like that. What do you run now? Uh, well, probably four or five, if I had to guess. What? You can still run, you, you can run a four or five and a half. What I, what I run down in New Orleans when I raced the second time, prior, around a four or five, four or six that day, huh? Yeah, about four or five, four or six. Okay, so you're still the shape. Oh, I mean, come on, I got to stay sexy. <laughs> I don't
0: even know how to respond to
2: that. I don't know how to respond <laughs> to that. I got, I got to stay sexy, man. I mean, come on. And then what does. y'all getting into, though? Hey, right, man. Look,
0: I ain't going to let you change the subject. We're going to stay on this career of yours. And we're going to stay on why we consider you the country rap, Nelly.
2: Yes. I appreciate it, fellas. Let's and, and, do it.
0: And why we feel like, well, I know some of the things I want to say, because you have your wife with you.
2: And, <laughs> she don't give it. She don't get. She don't give a shit. You're in my ear. She can't hear you anyway. <laughs> okay. I promise you, she'll she will sell me for ten thousand dollars in a box of footballs.
0: <laughs> all right. So, after arena football, oh, at what point in time? Ta- first of all, when did you fall in love with music, and when did you realize that you had the talent to pursue it? The talent. As a,
1: what the it talents.
0: Is? Yes, the yes. talents. To pursue it as a professional
2: career well you're not gonna like this answer but it's definitely an at answer i started doing music off a bet okay my buddy called my buddy calls me up one day and he's like man i bet you money that you won't come to the studio and do a song and beat you know beat my numbers it was like number for number type thing or whatever and I was like, bro, I bet you I come in there and I get a record deal before your ass. Don't fire me up. You know if I get fired up, I'm gonna win. And he was like, You ain't gonna do it. I went in there and cut a song. The day I went in there and cut that first song, I fell in love with the whole process. I fell in love with it all. But I I like to tell people that I'm I'm an entertainer, not just a singer, because there are I can sing with, you know, very well, but there is singers like Adele and you know all types of people out there that can belt songs you know what i'm right. saying so like right. me me being classified as a pure singer would be would do a disjustice to like the music community but the entertainment aspect of it and the creation aspect of it is what allowed me to kind of like immediately fall in love with it so did you win the bet hell yeah i won the bet come on So, where is he at now? Y'all still friends? No, my boy, he don't even call me no more, actually.
1: Well, we owe him a gratitude. Thank
2: you. Come to think about it, I ain't talked to him in a while.
0: (laughs) He's probably mad at you. Do you think he was hating?
2: (laughs) Oh, there ain't no doubt. There's always a hater, but you know what? Haters pay bills, too. This is true. So, you went and recorded this record. What was the name of that record? That was the first one I ever did. It was... uh, Oh my god! What was that one? It was um. Oh my god! What was the title of that song? The first song I ever did. What was that song called? No, the one with the one with Ty. Damn, I can't even remember what it was called. So when you
0: went into the studio, had you already wrote it, or did you go in the studio and freestyle, or what was that
2: process? No, like? we we wrote it, it. The song was called "It's Been So Long," and. We wrote it together, went in there, and after we wrote it, we, you know, got into, we got into the booth, started the whole process of like, because I, I had an understanding of how it all worked, but like not the intricacies involved with it, you know, and so after I got it done, I had to come back and record it again because I didn't like some of my timing and stuff like that, so once I started figuring out little nuances, I finally put the song out, and when I put the song out, you know, it won me the bet, so.
0: So you actually released this record? Yeah, it's the very first song I ever released. It's still on Spotify right now. With no formal formal training, no I'm just writing in the studio, no one day I want to be like this person just a bit. No, I, it was it was literally just a bit. All right, so you fell in love with the process. So what was next for you?
2: So after that, it was, I want to make this an entire career. Like, I want to do this forever. I want to be the best at this. Cause, like, I don't, I don't ever start something and say, oh, I'm just doing this for a hobby. Like, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it to be the best. Right. And there's a lot of competition in this business to be the best. And so after that, I just started recording song after song after song. I think we recorded 146 songs or something and started really gaining my craft. And then that's when I started talking to Forrest over at Average Joe's. And Forrest told me, do me a favor, come back when the music's better. And I said, to hell with you. All right, then I'll be back in a week. I went to Las Vegas and in (laughs) 72 hours recorded another, like, I don't know, 24 songs came back, played it for him, and he signed me that next day.
0: Mm. The man told you come back when the music's better. You took 72 hours, regrouped, recorded, and came back. Yep. What What changed about the music from what you presented the first time in those 72 hours?
2: So I found my pocket a lot better after he was given a little bit of advice on what he was looking for from me. So it kind of gave me an idea of where I needed to be in pocket at. And then I got with some very talented writers that some of them are actually, in, they like reside in Atlanta. They are absolutely incredible. Uh, a guy named Aaron Lamont. We got together out in uh, Las Vegas and just literally sat there one day and just, wrote everything we could possibly write. And then we started getting in pocket and just recorded them. And when I came back, they were like, this is what I'm talking about. Here we go. Now let's build from here. And that's what we've been doing. Okay.
0: Now, what do you consider yourself? Because your songs have a lot of melody, a lot of harmonies, but there's a lot of elements of hip hop too. So what do you consider yourself?
2: See, that's a, that's a tough question because I don't like to define, I don't like to define myself into any genre because I believe I can do anything, right? But I believe that when I started doing this, it, it started ushering in a little bit of a different sound, right? And then at the same, well, at the same time, I started doing it without him even knowing me or knowing that I was doing it. Upchurch started kind of on the same idea, like the same little like train. And so I started paying attention to what he was doing. Right. And the sound in that pocket and the kind of like swingy and twangy style was starting to take off a little bit. Right. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to gel the two things together that I grew up on and that's country and hip hop, but I don't want to gel country and hip hop together like your normal, everyday hip hop style song, right? I want mainstream songs to come out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so what we tried to do was make, we tried to make mainstream, mainstream sounds with elements that I grew up on. That makes sense. And I, I, I think we're, I think we're starting to get there with it. I mean, this, uh, you know, it all started, I think with, ride for me as soon as ride for me came out everybody started kind of feeling the the sound and then as we've been progressing from there the sounds kind of taking everybody on a journey to where we can define who we who we are at the you know the end of the day
1: that's what we found you or that's that was our introduction to you what was ride for me
2: yeah yeah that one uh that one took off and kind of set me up to be able to have conversations like this
0: now let me tell you something funny you did a record some years ago with someone I know personally by the name of Willie Hendricks. Oh, Willie Hendricks. I do. I love Willie. How'd that come about? Willie Hendricks used to do, all, do a lot of the open mics I used to host in Atlanta when he had the big old Mohawk.
2: How'd that collab come about? Chase J actually made that happen. And Chase and uh, Chase and Willie write together all the time. They've done songs together all the time. And I was writing with Chase, and we were doing a couple songs, you know, together. And one day, he brings Willie into the studio, and we're working on Tennessee Drip. And it was the first day I ever met Willie. And Willie comes in the studio, and Chase is like, "Hey, do me a favor. Uh, we need a verse out of you." And he was like, "Okay." Went and freestyled his verse, shook my hand, and left. <laughs> and that's when i realized oh shit there's levels to this right like there's there's levels to this and for that song to be willie's number one song now with all the stuff that he that he has out I, i'm honored to be a part of it cuz dude's talented as hell
0: yeah man willie 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 um i remember at one point in time he was signed i think with jive i think it was jive he had a deal with I don't remember. But he definitely, Willie's definitely was, back in the day, was killing the underground scene in ATL. And then he went on and started writing and, and doing a lot of stuff. But, man, when I noticed that when I was looking through your Spotify. I was like, wow, I didn't know.
2: So have, yeah, you had opportunity, the man.
0: have you had an opportunity to visit Atlanta as an artist?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've recorded songs there at Astro Studios. Uh, I've played a couple of shows around there. Um, That was before I signed with Average Joe's, but yeah, I mean, I've been around the Atlanta area a lot. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. I found, I found that my space in Atlanta is Midtown. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get called cute a lot in Midtown and I'm talking about for men and women. So y'all don't, y'all go to Midtown. Don't avoid it. It's awesome. They got good tacos.
0: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So how hard was it to find this pocket for you? Because you are definitely ushering in a sound and I do get what you mean about you know that pocket and church kind of being in that pocket, but I think at this point your pocket is different from the pocket that church is in. Like um I've always said when we review your music, if I can hear anybody on crossover radio, it will be yourself. Well, yeah. I appreciate
2: that, man. Yeah. Well that's the thing, like what I'm saying church when i bring church up in that i'm not saying that like this is what church always did i'm saying more or less like church gave me the idea because i was listening to how he was kind of gelling sounds right
1: right
2: and so like my side it was we i think we just found the pocket one day like it just happened it just we're in there writing songs and we're doing a bunch of stuff and then one day i went that's it Right. And as soon as I said, that's it, we just tried to stay in that lane, but still do the country type songs that I want to do. OK,
0: now, how was this for for your wife? Just, and you basically went from arena football to say, you know what, I'm going to do
2: music. Like what type of adjustment was that for the family life? I don't know. You want to ask her? Hey, what type of adjustment was it in family life from football to music for you? She said, "Not really nothing. it's all the same. That's mm-hmm. what she said. She said it's all the same. See, she said it it's all the same. <laughs> Don't listen to her crazy ass though it's not um at the, <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day the the thing that I had to learn about all this that is kind of different than like being a football player is when, when you're in, when you're playing football, you cannot be like reached as much as you can as a recording like as as an artist right like like you're not going to be able to go onto the field as a normal fan every sunday and go and touch you know your favorite football player or go have a conversation with drew Brees, or whatever and then you you can tweet at these dudes or you know whatever and may not ever get a comment back because they don't have to their jobs on a football field their job's not in the public space Right. even though they're in the they they're in the public eye so they could you know that there, there's always that chance of getting ridiculed in the in the public space but like i had to learn as an artist you can be seen touched felt and heard more than as an athlete and so there's a lot of things that people will say to you that as an athlete, I'll fire back on your ass real quick. Right. Well, as a artist, I can't, I kind of have to just like play the game all the time.
0: All right. Now I got to ask, this is all the, no, I'm reading your shirt and it says Tolliver
2: president for president
0: and first lady. You're running for president or the first lady.
2: (laughs) Both. How you run, run for, for I'm, I'm right. Hey, don't define my pronouns, sir.
1: As he defined his.
2: <laughs> I've just been waiting to say that in an interview so bad. Anyway, <laughs> no. We made these shirts because on one of my lives, we got into like, I was on TikTok Live and we got into like a serious conversation one day, and people were really like, my fans were trying to really understand me, and they were asking me, like, very political and personal questions, right? Right. And I, I started answering them, and they were all like, oh, we want we want to see you run for president, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Tolliver for president shirts are coming out. And then we made them, and all the people who said for us to run for president, none of them bought them.
0: But you and your wife have a very interesting TikTok. What made you choose TikTok as your favorite platform?
2: Because it seems like that's where Austin Tolliver rests. I. I don't know. I really like, I just enjoyed the, the video aspect of it. And I enjoy the fact that like people can automatically communicate back and forth. Like that's what I love. If I, if I want to get on live, people will come in, watch, talk, have fun. And you have the ability to be able to make people happy. And I can go and sing songs and do a free concert whenever I want to from my living room. So have you, a- you've actually done a free concert from your living room on TikTok? Yeah, we did one, like, what, two days ago? I sang 13 songs in the living room. What was the response like? Oh, everybody loves it. They love it when I start singing, they, like, especially on live, because a lot of people want to make a show, and they might may not be able to afford to go, you know, four hours away from where they live or whatever. And so they'll be like, hey, are you going to go live? And I'll be like, you know what, I'll do a live concert now, and then we'll go live whenever we're at the show, too, so everybody can see it. So, like... The last show we had, when we went live, we had like, I don't know, 1,500 people in there the whole time. Dope, dope. All right,
0: I don't want, I'm going to go back to the music. Let's go back to Average Joe. You coming back after 72 hours with these songs, and they're like, all right, let's do a deal. First of all, what what went through your mind?
2: I mean, as soon as Forrest, Forrest was the first person in my entire life that ever kind of told me no you're not ready right and so whenever it got back to the point that he saw that I was ready I knew from that point on I had to be the best that they had and if I wasn't the best that they had I need to chase the dude who's better than me as hard as I can so he knows I'm there so we can all be better right well I noticed that Average Joe's is a family. We all support each other up there. Every, every artist supports every other artist, right? And I've never had a problem with nobody not supporting me up there. And I'll support them always.
0: Okay. You all hear me? Yeah, yeah. No doubt. So once you started the situation with Average Joe, what was next for you? Was it let's work on an album let's create more singles or did
2: you guys drop something that you already had recorded? Uh, No. Yeah. We, we immediately dropped tip my hat as my first single. And I had already had that recorded for my Vegas trip. Um, then after that we dropped um, Yoda Lay You Down. I already had that one done. And then it just started going singles from there and Forrest had a plan with the marketing department with Andrew and, The plan was kind of to build a foundation and have these little stepping stones of goals to meet to get to the next goal and the next stepping stone. And they built it a lot faster than what everybody expected. And so now it's kind of like, all right, we've got my first album coming out. After the album comes out, I don't ever want to wait on music, so I always have it ready to go. So is your
0: first album completed? Yeah, it's
2: coming out uh, April 22nd. What's the name? Ride For Me.
0: Okay. All right. Now, because the first song we ever reviewed by you was Yoda Lay You Down. What was it like recording that song? Because that that song to me, I was like, man, this dude here is going to be a daggone star. Now, I like the way you flipped the Yoda Lay and the whole concept behind that. But like, what was that whole thing like for you? Because to me, that record said commercial success. I felt like that record could be on
2: the radio. Dude, I appreciate it. Yeah, so like we didn't, we recorded that song back in twenty twenty nine. Was it 2019? Yodelay, like 2019 in Atlanta. Yeah, we recorded that one back in 20, no, 2019 or 2020 and I mean, that song was the beginning of me gelling what I was talking about earlier, what I grew up with, that country elements and the hip-hop elements, but I grew up with the sexy version of hip hop, right? Like when Usher was going and doing songs with Luda and going and doing songs with, you know, Nelly did one with Tim McGraw back when I was coming up. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. So Yodelay, when I first heard the initial demo of it, I was like, that's it. That's the sound we're looking for. And it led to Ride For Me, which I thought was cool.
0: Okay, how do you go about picking the songs that you do? Because I'm sure like working with writers and producers, how do y'all go about picking number one the formula and what you're going to do and what you're going to project when you record?
2: I care more about I care more about the environment and the instrumental before we sit down to start picking a song like how we're going to do a song, right? So like if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at a song, I may have 40 instrumentals and I'm not going to start working on one with any writer or a team of people or anything until we've all picked what we think is the group we want to go with, right? And then once we narrow that down, now we're not wasting any time. Now it's about telling stories and the stories may just be whatever I've dealt with for that week or it may be what I dealt with a year ago that got me to that point of writing that next song, you know, and so it's kind of like, a melting pot of shit that we do to make it all come together as one big thing. And I don't know how it always works, but somehow, some way it just ends up working.
0: Okay. Now I've never asked this question in a country rep interview. Um, At this point in your career, what has been the most challenging thing for you, especially if you had to give advice to
2: someone else wanting to pursue music? Uh realize that you don't know everything and realize that your team needs to be small and not large.
1: Well, you just missed because, half of the rappers.
2: Well, that, the problem that I see people don't understand, and I had to learn this the hard way too, but I try to tell people this all the time, is the bigger the circle, the more mouths you have to feed, Right. right? The more mouths you have to feed is the more potential for problems the more potential for problems could be the more potential for downfall on your shit and people leaking all your stuff or hating on your shit whenever that's your boy and you don't want them to hate on it like people just got to learn keep your circles small and allow yourself to be coachable